Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and this is my co-host Kelsey. What up? Welcome, welcome. Um, and today we're talking about airline incidents in general. Um, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle. Um, but we, we, touch... we haven't even said, you know, apologies to, to Jared not being able to make it this time. Yeah, dang it Jared. Dang it Jared. Yeah. Next time. We've unfriended you on Facebook. Oh, God. Here it goes. Just to (laughs) make sure. But it'll be back next time, folks. Um, So, what... What... You're... You you know more than the average bear, Kelsey, on airplanes, at least. Why... I mean... You, you you have, like, an interest in, like, NASA and whatnot, right? Oh, yeah. I have all sorts of aerospace interests. But let's let's stick to topic here. Let's give people a rundown of the Bermuda Triangle right. and where it spans from. But uh, it's a triangle that forms from outside of Florida all the way to Bermuda, the small island. Oh, it goes all the way down to Florida? Oh yeah. I thought it was just by Canada and like Greenland. Oh no, no, no. It's it's basically from the Keys in Florida all the way down. Oh, there. so it's way farther south than than where you thought, yeah. No yeah. oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> the no, more the, you know. The geography is always interesting. It's uh it's great though. It's all of all of the the southern Atlantic. Oh God, people are going to kill me if I get that wrong. But North, it's the western part of the North Atlantic. Yeah, the Atlantic. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, it's. And I didn't know Bermuda was so far north. Did you see a picture of the map? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the Florida Keys. Yeah, the Keys yeah. up north, yeah. northeast towards Bermuda, and then direct south to Puerto Rico and back to the Keys. Um, that's a hugely affected area. By all sorts of things, all sorts of different phenomena, like uh, you know, volcanic phenomena and um, other sorts of uh, geothermal issues, and among other things. Which, do they think there's an active volcano? Well, we know that you know from the islands and the the um, the Car- Caribbean right there that there's an activity going on at least. Right. We can assume that from science, but like, so. And you know that's that's my skepticism on the whole ideal is that you know there's there's other other idea other other forces at bay here that are changing what happens in an airplane. So like, I I might not know much, but I feel like that could interfere with like the instruments. Right? Exactly, that's what I'm referring to. Is you know the like the heavy metals and whatnot. Yeah, and the the geothermal activity, like the methane. We'll get into that. But like yeah. it throws off the compass right yeah oh yeah there's all all sorts of like scientific beliefs but there's there's this huge background for the paranormal within the Bermuda Triangle so two two things to touch on lightly is um I think the most famous one is that this is where Amelia Earhart disappeared yep right That's, that's right yep among some of the more famous crashes within the triangle and you know this doesn't have this was 400 500 years before airplanes were invented but it is where 
Um, it is part of the area where um, Columbus washed ashore on. Oh, really? Because I think he washed ashore in like Jamaica or something. But within the triangle? Yeah. Like in Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. There's, you know, heavy UFO activities, supposedly. There's uh, a lot of stuff, you know. For all, I, for all I know, there's Bigfoot activity. Well, let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what we're all about here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's... So, that, you know, when, when was Amelia Earhart? Uh, so, this is actually before that. So, she, um, you know, did the, she was just trying to circumnavigate the globe, right? Well, I, she did, yeah. Yeah. But then she disappeared. Right, yes. She did. And that was among the Bermuda Triangle. She, uh, I need to find the correct reference I'm trying to find here. But they have, uh, researchers have supposedly found the remains and the, the wreckage of her crash. I'm, I, I'm sure with, you know, with, sonar and advancing tech all the time that yeah they probably have found it like i assume eventually they'll you know find the that airlines flight 372 you know mm -hmm. we just need more advanced technology or we need to give it enough time i mean this she disappeared july 2nd 1937 so like it's almost been a hundred years, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah. You would have hoped. I that. mean, back then, what the what the heck were they using? Like tin foil? I I don't know. No, yeah, there was there was nothing to help with. I mean, think of diving technology to like go underwater. They were probably using bellows and the giant steel. Yeah, have, have you have you seen uh have you seen Assassin's Creed Black Flag? I have, yeah. In that, you, to go diving, this is historical, you use a diving bell. Yeah. So it just captures, you know, it, they carry it around on their ship. They, you know, you saw a sunken ship or whatever, or you wanted to explore a reef, and you drop it, and it just has a big pocket of air that, you just know. Just a big old bubble. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not sure. Well, and there's even even signs all the way back to ancient Greece where they use glass domes. Oh yeah, yeah. For pearl domes. Like it, I mean, I, you know, I, I would argue diving has been, we, our species been doing that for tens of thousands of years. Right. You but know, there's, it's not normal in exploring a wreckage. And it's also a lot to do with, uh, not as much anthropology, but uh, what's the one when you dig up stuff from the dirt? Archaeology. Archaeology, yeah. It's like archie history almost that you know you're. I. You have to understand where 
where the things, how the events unfolded, and then how to go about uncovering those artifacts. I I like those shows where it's um, they're like divers and like they're investigating like older um, wrecks and stuff. Wrecks that are. Um, long story short, you know. Early on in humanity's history, there were, you know, these ice caps that, you know, had trapped a lot of the water, of course. So, you know, coastlines were, you know, farther out. And, you know, people, like there's, you know, ancient ruins off the coast of Japan that, you know, flooded. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Right. You know, there's always stuff to explore. I mean, e- e- even in the Americas in pre-Columbian times, Kelsey, there's, you know, these ruins that, you know, 10,000 years ago were land, you know, yeah, were well, yeah. covered by the sea. Well, there's claims that the, B- the Bermuda Triangle is home to Atlantis. That's what some people think. <laughs> Some people think a lot of things. I mean, you could argue. <laughs> no, that. I'm uh, sorry. Um, no, I got do, you. Do, do you believe in Atlantis or? No, not necessarily. Right. I mean, if anything, I would think Atlantis was more in a Greek Mediterranean area. You know, I. At least that's that's the idealized side of my vision. So I'm. Do I think that there was a super advanced? ancient civilization that you know got defeated by or got punished by the gods no but do i believe that it might have been based on you know like the minoan civilization or like some far off i mean these were mazatlan these were stupid people that you know thought you know, they had crazy beliefs, you know. Sure, something outlandish, yeah. you know. you got to have your, your crazies and everything. Well, like, they, <laughs> they... I'm not trying to insult them. They just they had a very limited view of the world. Oh, sure. You know, like, they might have had their hometown, and then at the most, like, they traveled 20 miles away from that. And, like, you know, that's all they traveled in their life, you know. And no concept of the globe or, like, you know, like, how we imagine different countries, you know, like, they're like, oh, this far off land, you know, it's, has Amazons or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just crazy. Oh, man. Well, did you, I only figured out just today that the human person travels 25 miles in a day by foot. Uh They can only do that. Much like a camel and a horse. Like, uh. Only so much can be done, right? Right. <laughs> um. But yes, like I was saying, you know, there's there's certain unknown things and speculative explanations that people have given for the disappearances that have happened there. I mean, a lot of people like to think that the Bermuda Triangle is extremely paranormal. That there's so much history, so much paranormal activity that happened there, that it's just wreaking havoc upon modern day 
equipment, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you would like to think. That's what I'd like to think. Yeah, I mean, I'm. But I may, have, may, maybe I'm a little biased because I believe in UFOs. Right, and but, I, uh, I am yeah. biased as well, and I want to believe. But man, I look at these natural explanations and my my understanding of the technology and the mechanicalized world of an airplane and why it would go down when I hear some of these explanations, right? So, I mean, would you like to? Would you like to ask me which which ones I can fight you on? Like, I mean, like Amelia Earhart. Like, there's a lot of weather going on down there in in the Bermuda Triangle, off the off of the Atlantic Ocean, right there. Do you have any personal pet theories as to like what made her disappear? Oh, with Amelia, she has she was such a character, you know. She was such a media invoked personality. And I don't know. I think that. Do you yeah, think someone could have messed with her plan? Easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. I mean, especially back then. Easily. Yeah. I'd I mean, say that's highly possible. Oh, it's I mean, very possible. That this is back in the day when you know they didn't like women that were out there know, doing what they wanted yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. they want them. She was one of the first... Yeah, to do one very specific thing, and yeah. that's it. She was, like, a huge ignite igniter for the suffragette. Suffragists? Yeah. Or women's the, suffrage? Yes, yeah. the, the suffrage, suffragette movement. Right. That's what I was going for, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, she was... She had no fear jumping I mean, in an airplane. That that adds fuel to that fire. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, yeah, there were she, plenty of people that would have hated her for that. Well, and she was going against the norms. Yeah. She she was being the mover and the shaker and causing changes. She, she would have been the first one. And in a more realist ideal, you know, is that seeing how things were taken care of on a maintenance point of view, on, you know, taking care of the airplane... It could have, anybody could have walked in there and clipped a cord or done something to mess with the airplane. But the paranormal side of things is that nothing happened up until she got into the triangle. Mm-hmm. So. I, I guess I'd just like to read a little background on that. Get into it. Yeah, so as the first woman to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a plane, 1928, and then the first woman to fly solo across the pond, 1932. She proved to people across the globe how high women could go. However, her story met a tragic and mysterious end in July 1937. When on a trip to fly around the world, her plane, a twin-engine Lockheed Martin Electra, disappeared near the International Dateline in the Central Pacific Ocean. Although there exists a great deal of speculation by scholars and mystics about the exact circumstances of her disappearance, such as the possibility of her being stranded upon an uninhabited island for years, nothing is known for absolute certainty. Which, you know, is highly possible. You know, she crashed, she swam to... Didn't have enough fuel. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, you know... Yeah. Does that twin engine mean anything to you? Well, I mean, just that the fact that, you know, if you look back at the Beechcraft Electra, it was a solid aircraft. That thing 
was a horse, a workhorse. It wouldn't die for nothing. So she was either running it out of fumes or she was running it near the brink of death as it is. Which, I mean, which is one of the great theories of Amelia Earhart is that since she was the... Oh, that's a good-sized plane. Oh, it's a nice little... It's a, what, a six-person, six-seater? Yeah. Yeah. God, I thought... I thought she was flying a... Uh, Smaller? Yeah, I mean, here's a picture of her with the plane. Um, oh, yeah. Those have the the H tail. Yeah, because I always thought she tail was tail. in a uh, open... Cockpit. Yeah, an open cockpit. Yeah. You, you, you know, like those... To me, I always think of, like, World War One. Oh, no. This planes. Is, this is, like, pre-World War Two. Right. Like, they, they had... Fully closed cockpits. They had radio signal mm-hmm. equipment and mm-hmm. all sorts did, of stuff. Did they have the black box back then? Or? No, not that far back. Oh, it was okay. like seventies, sixties, seventies or eighties. Yeah, seventies, oh, okay. I would think. But yeah, yeah like that's a whole another. But the Electra, I mean, Beechcraft makes a solid airplane, mm-hmm. and especially like I said, you know, her flying into somewhere. It, it, theory one is that it was a fuel issue and a weather issue mm-hmm. and she she got bumped around too much and she couldn't make it back because she was cutting it too close being too too much bravado mm-hmm. on trying to to make the record right? Right, right yeah and you're gonna go faster with the less weight you have and if you take less fuel you have less weight mm-hmm. but you might not make it right um <laughs> So that's theory one. So, uh, may he rest in peace. I, I don't want to say his name, but you'll probably know who I'm talking about. The most recent one, you know, the helicopter crash, recent one, the oh sure famous guy. We won't say his name, um, but I read more on his, uh, like everything that they, you know, kind of pieced together, like the weather. They were, um, the pilot thought that he could, you know, like, cut it, he he was flying, or he wasn't given permission by the air control tower to fly in the, you know, conditions. Right. And he, um, one of the people that witnessed them, Kelsey, they, uh, they were flying super close to the mountain. Right. You know? Yes, that they were very close. Because they interviewed um, some guy, I think he was like a hiker or something. Um, if I find the article, I'll link to it in the show notes. But, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, this guy's like hiking and just out of the fog, just this huge, you know, there was like nine people on the helicopter mm-hmm. or whatever. And he... You know, he said they were flying erratically, um, really close, you know, to the mountain. And, you know, he, he said it, like, shot straight up or something. And, you know, it just, God, what a sad yeah. way to go. And it's amazing because it said the L.A. Police Department had grounded their air support division that morning due to poor visibility and a low ceiling. Right, there was high fog. Yeah, it was yeah. it was already 
federally acknowledged that it was unsafe to fly. Yeah, and this guy, this pilot of, I'm not, I don't remember if it was a private company or they had been contracted out or something, but this guy, you know, said like, no, I, I can make it. And that's usually what happens. There's, yeah. there's a certain level of, uh, it's not bravado, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, Macho, macho mm. mentality. Ma machismo or whatever. Yeah, machismo yeah. or being macho, you know, yeah. saying, "Oh, I can handle this. I, I've got big balls." That's a lot. A lot of pilots fall, fall, you know, to failure. And it's not just men. You know, women pilots. Well, too. right, yeah, women pilots can have big balls too. Yeah, like I mean, there's, you know, the idea of just you know, overinflating your ego, mm -hmm. and that's that's definitely what happened here. Like. It, it, if that. if I was a if I was a pilot, I'd be scared, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> I could even imagine like driving or you know taking off, doing a takeoff in one of those like big airplanes. You know, you go around the country in you know? in a bigger jet. Yeah. yeah. You know, we live so close to DIA. It's you know. Well, I, have you? I see planes. You know. Have you? Have you? seen since it's a local issue we should talk about the uh have you talked have you heard about the um, the key lime aircraft that got in a, a mid-air collision at centennial when was this just the other day it was like maybe five days ago wow yeah did anyone die no thank god wow. the small aircraft that struck was it a private aircraft well the no both of them were being operated by companies. Okay. So I guess that makes them private, yes. But okay. like the the one the smaller aircraft that did the hit and run, if we can call it that. <laughs> yeah. Did they like scrape the wing or something? Oh, check it out. Look up Key Lime Air Crash Centennial. And the smaller aircraft happened to be the one that was hit and run and that was the trainer. And it had a ballistic parachute in it, thank God, and it saved itself. And the other one... Is it a green plane? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's the one holy! That's the picture. Wow. Yep. So just to set the scene, guys, you know, imagine like a private jet, a green jet, and it... Has a massive hole in it, right along the... Well, path. yeah, so there's like the... What would you say that could see? Eight people, ten people? Well, the large plane, probably 30. And... The smaller plane that it, struck it, it. It looks like the smaller plane, like, you know, it was, imagine it's flying straight. It T-boned it. Mm-hmm. And somehow it didn't break in two. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, kudos, Man, I hope they never fly again. Kudos to the pilots... And kudos to the... Ah! <laughs> We're only flying... Uh... Man, I would shit myself, literally, if that came along and... We're only flying half a Crashed flight. into me. Like, yeah. So the smaller aircraft was a trainer, and it had a ballistic parachute in it. Mm -hmm. So after they got hit, they pulled the chute. And that larger, the, the commuter plane that you just saw with the hole in it, uh -huh. that pilot had to land. And his plane didn't fall apart. 
fall, fall apart. Like, kudos to him and kudos to the airplane. Yeah, that's amazing. Seriously, congrats. What? That guy's a good pilot. Yeah. And I just thought that was wild enough for you to hear about it. And the I would have freaked out on that. The listeners need to know about our locale and what we go through on the yeah. daily. But, man, like... Well, I don't. I don't fly every day. Well, yes. Not anymore, at least. Yes. Not, not on your broomstick. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Take to the broom. Well, uh, moving back towards the things, you know, there's the crash, like the MH370 crash. That was a big one. Do you want to touch on that now? We can. Okay. Because um, I actually found a... Uh, some theories as to you know what what actually happened but you know just to set the stage a little like this was a big deal kelsey i remember yeah this was an international incident like i can only imagine how many conspiracy theories have been attributed to this yeah you know like I and you know a lot of people died and you know like all of them. It was a very no, the, no one's been found. You know. Oh yeah. Ha- haven't they found like one chunk of one wing or something? They well, think so far. Yeah, they've found part of a flapper on, part of a stabilizer, and not much else as far as my research. And you know it like it's been. By the time they found that, it had been, like, a week or something, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it lands in the ocean. With the currents the way they are, it could be, what, 100 miles out from the point of impact or something? I guess. I mean, could be, I guess it depends what current it, could it be is. It 100 feet deep by the time they're trying to look yeah. for anything. And then, like, the pressure, you know, when the plane sinks, you know, if it hit the water... You know, I just... Well, I was... It's funny. I was talking to a friend about this earlier. Mm-hmm. One that was... Uh, he's a professional diver for a cruise line. And he was telling me about how you could dive up from 70 feet in the air. And that water will feel like concrete. So I only wonder what it feels like, you know, with an aircraft going at 300 plus miles an hour. It's oh, gotta, so it hit it, con. It's like it hit concrete. It's got to be like hitting concrete, you right? Know? At least it probably snapped in two, into a billion pieces. Yeah, yeah, into what we were talking about on the last episode. The there's probably chunks of the airplane floating around in the you know the Pacific garbage heap. Yeah. How it how it made it all the way over there. The currents, but it know. made it. Who knows? It's probably part of it. Yeah. A um, lot of analysis was done on that flight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of money, too. Lot it was an international effort, you know. Because uh, Malaysia call, and the U.S. was involved. Wasn't China? China was involved, yeah. I the, bet Japan. India was involved. It was, it was all in the southern Indian Ocean. Yeah. Um, so... Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared on March 8, 2014, after departing from Kuala Lumpur, 
uh, from Beijing with 227 passengers and 12 crew members on board. Uh, Malaysia's former Prime Minister um, Najib Razak uh, stated that the aircraft's flight ended somewhere in the Indian Ocean, but no further explanation has been given. Despite searching, uh, finding debris, debris considered with strong certainty to originate from the crash, you know, like the wingtip, like we were saying, um, original announcements were questioned by many critics, and several theories about the disappearance have been proposed, uh, and some of these theories were described as conspiracy theories. Now, I'm just now reading about one of these theories that says uh, that two of the passports on that aircraft that day were with stolen passports, one of Austrian and one of Italian uh, nationalities. Interpol stated that the listed passports were on the stolen and lost travel documents database and... Were, were reported and I guess apparently they were allowed onto the aircraft without any issue so they had forged documents no they had stolen passports not <laughs> not forged but just stolen oh okay right so <laughs> and it wasn't until the US did its report to find those two uh, passengers with stolen passports interesting So, some problems with uh, how, you know, some of how these theories, you know, have popped up is, uh, you know, A, it did include 239 people. So, you know, it's a lot of family members, you know, like... You know, maybe for all I know, there was like an ambassador flying on it or, you know, with, with modern day flights, you know, there can be any number of important people on these, you know. You could assume at least three on any flight. Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm on a flight, I, I you know, sometimes you got to wonder how you know, who some of these people are, you know, they're in suit and tie, and, you know, they look important, you know, I'm not saying they're, maybe they're just dressed up, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're important to you. Yeah. In your mind. Hey, I care about everybody equally. <laughs> I think. Even, even the, the uh, reptilians. Yeah. You sure about that? Yeah. All right. Here on Reptilian Insider News, we... Welcome the Reptilians. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Bring it on. Um, so, I mean, you know, let's, uh, let's revert back towards the... There's, there's all sorts of speculation we can do on MH370. Um, and, uh, you know, back, back towards the Bermuda Triangle, there's, there's so much history going on there. So many issues that have well, already happened. Why? Why, why don't we finish touching on the? Yeah, let's, let's tie that up. Yeah. yeah. 
So victims, relatives question the veracity of the Malaysian government's statements. Is that where it's landing? Yeah, or... it was flying to Malaysia. Oh, okay. Yeah. About the demise of the aircraft and organized a protest at the Malaysian embassy in Beijing with the goal of forcing the uh, Malaysian government to reveal any withheld information about Flight 370's whereabouts, you know, because they're might have been covering it up, you know. Um, one thing that added to the fire was there's the revelation of new satellite data two weeks after the flight disappeared that had been hidden from the pu public. Whoops. Whoops. Sorry. You're good. Um, what about that data was hidden from the public, though? What was so necessary to be hidden um, well, I, I mean, no matter what, it, um, it would have been, it, it, like, it was, I think it just disappeared, and that, it, like, didn't check in, um, some other factors that, led to more conspiracy theories about MH370 was there was a lack of a distress signal from the plane. Um, there were critics of the Malaysian government statements that also found support in the Joint Agency Coordination Center's announcement on May 29th that the plane was not in the search area. Authorities have been combing since April 2014, so like, according to, you know, pretty important agency, they weren't even searching in the correct area. So, I mean, that's, you, you got to admit, that's a pretty, um, what would, what would be the word? Pretty harsh statement. Like, a pompous like, hey, you idiots, uh, you're not even looking in the right area. You know, you're, I mean, one way they could swing that is, it seems like you're not even trying, you know? Um, and these searches discovered debris considered to originate from the crash with strong certainty. Once again, um, <laughs> there's no way to know for sure, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's I, your... I, what's... I, I don't think we'll ever truly know. Well, what's your outlook on the uh, the the uh, paranormal side of things? You know, their their disappearance could have led from all sorts of I'm, boundaries. But what what what's the one that appeals to you most? Well, I'm sure that there's um, knowing the alien community, there's probably two main theories that people would be pushing concerning aliens. The first would be everyone on that plane got abducted and then the flight went down or they took the aircraft with them. Right. Uh, the other one from the alien community would be, now I, I know this sounds crazy, but it got attacked 
by a UFO. So, um, I know this... Vaporized in a sense. Right, like a beam or something. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm advocating for Speculating. That. Yeah, yeah, speculating. Yeah. Um, like on a side note, Kelsey, um, by covering uh, crazy theories as to what sunk the Titanic, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, one of them is it was attacked by an underwater UFO. Hmm. That is one of the... I, I swear on a stack of... A giant, cold, iceberg-shaped underwater UFO. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, that's one of the quote-unquote theories that... I've, I've heard theories that it was... That a, a UFO shot a laser beam, and that's what sunk the Titanic. I heard theories that the Nazis had submarine... Oh, te- yeah, technology yeah, yeah. 40 years Yeah, that the... the uh, that was another one. A U-boat had sunk it. Yeah, 40 years before U-boats were a thing. Yeah, it, there's there all There were U-boats in World War One. Well, in 1912. I mean, maybe the very dawn of a torpedo. The war started in 1914? But... I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to right, yell at you. Here, yes. I, I, I'm not trying to yell at you. I'm just saying I've, no, yeah. I've watched a U, uh, World War One documentary. At the YouTube channel is Epic History. Nice. And um, like they mentioned right at this, like 1914-1915, the Germans made the U-boat. Hmm. I mean, you know, these are so like... maybe there was a proto- prototype. Right, right. There. Like, they were testing one or oh, something. Oh, for sure. I believe that. Like, this, yeah. this wasn't the World War II um, U-boats, of course, but they had them. Right, yes. Like, just imagine them. So, this is a perfect segue for what I was going to bring up, was the, the uh, flights... Flight 17 or Flight 19, it was uh, these these uh, group of torpedo bombers from the United States Navy that there was seven of them in a flight. And this was, was, was the Bermuda Triangle? This was, yeah, among the Ber- Bermuda Triangle. They were off the coast of Florida doing some training. Or they left, I think they left Florida mm-hmm. doing training. Mm-hmm. They flew out east into the Triangle and the huge the 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 major belief the the scientific theory behind it is that they hit a pocket of methane gas which the geothermal physicalities of the bermuda triangle is that it'll release some methane it'll fart yeah yeah and like cows yeah pretty much and that you know it's been kind of proven by certain researchers that Mm -hmm. giant bubbles will sink a ship Mm -hmm. which has happened in the Bermuda Triangle but it'll also clog up the engine of an airplane Uh, so this is another fun um, it's a theory it's a theory do you well remember we talked about that last garbage patch episode yep remember those it was cytoplankton or zooplankton or whatever mm-hmm. they capture the carbon dioxide and like they float down they drag it deep yeah, yeah. so it's carbon capture mm-hmm. which is good you know 
and you know what is methane it's a long carbon molecule yeah um so yeah i i believe you yeah. it's been modified yeah well yeah it's you know it's a long chain but you know it's still carbon based um like i uh, have have you seen those i remember watching this youtube video where it's like these frozen lakes in Siberia or whatever have these big methane bubbles and they, you know, freaking crack it open. Yeah, like it, one of those hand crank drill, yeah, drills for like ice and then like puncture and you know, like fire and then light it on out. fire. Yeah. And that's methane bubbles. That's amazing. No, I'm serious. Look, no, I look, know what it. those trap trap bubbles are methane. Oh, that's a I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'll show you. One day, man, that, that'd be cool to see. But, like, yeah, I know what you mean. The the, the whole biological idea that, you know... I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. the more we... You know, 2,000 years ago is magic. Nowadays, it's just... Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, you... And it's just backed up by science. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Like the, the Flint... The Flint spicy water, you know, with the... I thought there was lead in the water. Well, I don't know what it was, but, you know, you can light it on fire. It's the same thing. Wasn't it really dirty? It was horribly dirty. Like when you've seen videos of it? Yeah, it was... And then, like, the water company denied it instead of safe to drink and whatnot. Right, right, right. But that's another topic for another day. Right. Yeah. But the uh, the methane coming up well, from... Well, no, I, I... What I was saying is... There's videos of people lighting the water on fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I, I didn't know that. We should do a story on that one sometime. No, I'd like that, yeah. But but the whole idea that, yeah, methane can be enveloped into, you know, liquid water. And, you know, that it'll release and it can sink a ship or, you know, drown a, drown a fleet of aircraft. Have they done any, like, studies on that? Or Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of research and history. They're all looked up methane bubbles. Trying to, uh... Oh, I'm pretty sure Mythbusters did one, if I can use that, that copyright. But, uh... Yeah, like, uh... You can kill an aircraft engine with a lot of methane. Oh, okay. Have you heard of the Guardian? It's a newspaper. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you meant a movie or something. So like here, that. here's what you're talking about. Do giant gas bubbles explain the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. Researchers that's... say methane rising to the surface of the ocean could explain the sudden loss of ships in the western North Atlantic and anywhere else for that matter. Um, yeah, that's... It's a truth... It's, it's one of the scientific findings that can happen. So, um, uh, some, uh, the devil, some say that magnetic properties of the rocks might scramble a compass readings. Others say that giant bubbles of methane might sink ships when they reach the surface. Actually, the last one might be true. Researchers at the Arctic University of Norway have just discovered huge underwater craters 
off the coast of Norway, which they consider probably a cause of enormous blowouts of gas. Well, <laughs> well and even even in the marine side of things, there's a there's a huge temperature difference in you know hundreds of feet of water mm-hmm. and pressure. So I mean that's also to do with it. It gets colder, right? Yeah, it gets colder, but then at a certain point it reaches stability and then it gets hotter again. Oh. Yeah, and that's that's what in aviation terms causes an inversion layer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I I like um surely you've seen footage of like those deep underwater uh thermal vents. The vents, yeah. Yeah. God those are cool. Oh man. And like the wildlife around there. So oh so much That's needs crazy. to be explored. Like those weird ocean. crabs with like the fur on their long arms. The longest arms, oh, yeah. Those are crazy, man. Or the and just to think that or the or or the tube worms at a different temperature and at a different pressure, those are a totally different being. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it could be the same being just at a different pressure and a different temperature. Well, like there's the whole theory in general that it's called deep sea gigantism. Mm-hmm. No, that's. We have a few topics to go through for yeah. the next time. So like yeah. like giant squids and We uh, should we should do deep sea gigantism when Jared comes around this next time. Yeah. Watch out ladies and gents, new episode coming at you. <laughs> we churn them out like butter. Like butter, that's right. Okay, but um uh ships certainly could sink if the water beneath them turned to foam, which these craters measuring up to 45 meters deep and 800 meters wide could be capable of doing. So does this solve the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle? No, why not? First, it isn't clear whether gas blowouts happen in the Triangle area. They could. Second, even if they did, it isn't clear how they would make planes vanish from the sky above. Third, several of the incidents attributed to the Bermuda Triangle involve people vanishing from ships rather than whole ships vanishing. Fourth, there isn't anything mysterious about the Bermuda Triangle to begin with. Lies. You're a liar. Mm-hmm. Lies. <laughs> but I'm a kid, I love. So I just found a website called Colonial Ghosts. And these, these guys <laughs> refer to the Bermuda Triangle as the Devil's Triangle. Yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah? Okay. I, I didn't know that until tonight. Um, but they, they oh, that's what uh, they Cap- ca- that's what Kavanaugh did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're they're capitalizing on the phenomena that happens there, <laughs> like the, uh, the the Mary Celeste is a ship that was forgotten. Yeah, that's one of the ghost ships. Yeah, ghost ship. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I. I'll cover that one. And that flight nineteen is one of the ghost flights that if you fly over the Bermuda Triangle, you can see seven aircraft flying off your wing oh it's like a phantom sighting yep yeah oh yeah have you heard of time slips Mm -mm. so it's like um is that like that episode in uh outer limits when the guy i haven't seen outer limits no oh dang um so basically long story short like you suddenly shift or like you're Move to a different time. Deja vu. Mm. 
well, like you're, or you saw a vision. Hmm. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, like you were just saying, those ghost airplanes were a vision or whatever, you know. But it's, maybe that's another episode, Time Slips. There, there's some really cool ones oh, out that'd there. that'd be a good one. A, a lot of them are, like, apocalyptic. And it's always hilarious because, like, you know, they're, like, the only ones that experience them. And then right. when they, like, come back, like, there's a specific one where, like, this little girl, like, um, wasn't, like, got in trouble and was grounded. And she, like, has a time slip, sees a apocalyptic future, you know, like, where the cold war went like nuclear or whatever and um she like comes back and her she's like in a different room and her brothers and sisters run off and tell her parents like mom mom uh susie or whatever her name is uh you know left before you could you know say that you know she could move or whatever and they're She's like, oh my god, I just saw a terrible vision of the future or whatever. And her mom's like, shut up, go to your No, they they don't believe her and she gets in more trouble. Oh you know? great. Yeah. The, the the standard. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Go you know, go go back to your room. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's one I have to watch, man. Yeah, it's a crazy there's some crazy stories out there. Um, do you do you want to touch on more plane disappearances, or do you kind of want to wrap up with some MH370? Uh, oh, it's up to you, man. Some 370 sounds good to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Um. One is that there was a hijacking. Uh, the possibility of a simple hijacking has been brought up by various news outlets. Speculation is mounted about the possibility that hijackers took the plane to a remote island, although no group has claimed responsibility, which, you know, to be fair, you know, most of these groups, if they had, they would have been all over it. You know, they would have been like, yeah, that was us, you know. You would think so. I mean, otherwise you would think that the people would tr be trying their damnedest to get a hold of anyone else that could help them. Mm -hmm. So there's also that. But not, none of these people have turned up alive. No. So right. So that, that, that might... Well, I mean, if they were on a remote island, yeah, there wouldn't be any use for them there anyway, it would seem like. They just use up the resources. Um... However, unofficial researchers have identified more than 600 possible runways in which the plane was capable of landing. No confirmation has been received from Lazen officials, and the credibility of several hijacking theories have become further marginalized following the discovery of the first definitive fragments of MH370 wreckage in July 2015. That was the, uh, probably the wing tip whatnot. Yeah, the aileron that they found. Yeah. So, explain to a dummy like me what's an aileron. 
It's out on the wing. It's one of the little bits that makes the plane roll. Is it, it the bang. flap? Yeah, it's it's a flap. It's okay. one of the control surfaces that... Does it lift up? It lifts up and it lifts down, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the other Because I've seen those. Those are on the far end of the wing. Uh-huh. The, the flaps are on the inside of the wing. Okay. And they only go down. And then you got spoilers, which go up. And those spoil the air. They, they kill your lift. But what's interesting about MH370 is that they found one of the ailerons. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, if there was any sort of explosive action it would have had to been extreme to only have left a bit of the aileron some some of the farthest out piece away from the body of the airplane to have just left that little bit you know what i mean mm -hmm. like there's and like i said earlier is it possible it could have just flown off well yeah and that's the other thing is that there's there was only so much of the ocean that was inspected for debris. Uh-huh. And, and here they're saying they might have been searching in the wrong area. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, they could have been searching in completely the wrong area. Uh-huh. Because, like you said, the the currents and the weather could have changed where that stuff is so, going. So, let's entertain this for a minute. What, um, is it... Do they put any distinguishing paint, markings, uh, serial numbers on each of these parts so that, like, they can be... Oh, yeah. Every part has a serial number. Every part... That's unique? Oh, yeah. It's put on that airplane because it's brand new. And is there, like, some master list that... Refers to... Yeah, so-and-so part. I mean, because that to me seems like a pretty handy way to say, oh, yeah, this aileron was part of MH370 because here's a serial number on it. There's a serial number. Exactly. In the That's exactly what the NTSB is doing. when they. Go oh, so they it. haven't done it yet. Well, I, I'm not sure who was in charge of this investigation. The NTSB is the American version of... Basically, the FBI when it comes to airplane destruction. Uh -huh. Like, India, because it was in their waters, took over the, the investigation. Mm -hmm. And because it's a Malaysian aircraft, but like, Malaysia took over. But, like, there's so much public pressure. Exactly. You know, and like... The, the par and the caliber that the investigatory crew has is only given to them by their government. Mm -hmm. Like... I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like if I was one of the people, you know, like, man, everyone's mad. We should like, we should have a team of international experts get on this right now. You still can. You know, but it's been six years. Yeah. Seven years. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's there's been plenty of more aircraft crashes in the last six years, seven years. <laughs> God, it seems like they're all Boeing. You know. Uh, as of recently? Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way she goes when you don't want to respect your research and development team. Because... But that's a side note. 
haven't a good amount of people died from these incidents with the Boeing craft? Yeah, even with the Boeing airplanes, there's been a few crashes. Because a fully, you know, pre-COVID, like a fully stacked plane could hold, what's the average size? 100? 100, 130? 140? Yeah, about one, 150 might be average if you're looking okay. at a Boeing. Have you ever seen, like, those double-deckers? Oh, my God. Those oh, I'd love to. Those are big. I'd love to fly on a wow. A380. I bet those could. They've already started decommissioning the A380s. Is that a military aircraft? No, it's, like, Emirates or Etihad or uh, Lufthansa <laughs> had a few of those. But, you know, big, big international flights oh, the... where a lot of people fly. UAE flights, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, Casey Neistat, oh, yeah, he flew on one of those. That's luxury. $20 million. Unbelievable. He had a, his own private room. He had his own bathroom. Um, I think it was like a total of three rooms. Like, it's one of his most watched videos. It's like $20 million plane flight. Like, if you type that into But it YouTube, wasn't $20 million. The ticket was. No. I'm sure the plane was like half a billion. Or more. Mm. But he, he even is able to take a shower in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, just crazy planes. Amazing. Amazing what they can do. Yeah. Um, tracked or untracked? It new technology or old? Since we were talking, since we brought up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, and is there a problem of dumping in international waters of airplanes? Well, I mean, or it's like not they, considered dumping. <laughs> <laughs> it's considered a, a, an incident, a crash. No, I I mean like where they dump their. I'll say sewage Airplanes, the Airplanes don't dump their sewage. <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen Joe Dirt? No. That's what you sound like. Is like, I found a meteorite. It's a, it's a giant poo meteorite <laughs> from an airplane. No. Airplanes don't dump their shit over the ocean. Cruise ships do. Yeah, they do. They're it's horrible. Carnival cruise line was terrible, by the way. Airplanes, airplanes hold their shit until they land. Then, then they dump it in another place. In like a truck, right? Sure. Yeah, or on the ground, or you know, yeah. whatever. Depends on where you fly to. <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. Heathrow, probably in a giant bucket. I wish they'd make those bathrooms bigger. God, those stupid what airplane bathrooms? airplane bathrooms my god now we're talking about airplane bathrooms man that's the end of the episode uh, well coming up next on reptilian insider news that's right what are we gonna have next luke uh are we gonna what talk are you about talking about no, what, we what have did a whole mention? plethora of yeah ideas. we came up with like five ideas i know just, and we're just, gonna have to rewatch the episode to make to make uh, sure that we find them uh, but so, that's word. And if you tune in uh, next time, you're going to get one of those things. Yeah, what What were you Ooh, saying, though? We should do Mount Rushmore and how there's a 
fake hidden like treasure inside of it. No wait, that's a movie. <laughs> I mean national treasure? Yeah. Shut up, you can't use the actual shh. What what Nick, was That's the... right guys, Nick Cage will be here next week. Yeah. No, what was your you you actually had a good idea. I forget what it was, but anyways. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back and listen to it. All right, this has been your host, Luke. Uh, this has been my co-host, Kelsey, of Woo! Reptilian Insert News. Bye.